Welcome to One and All. I'm Sonal Mandana and you are tuned in to the Connectures podcast. In the previous podcast, Tanya discussed about George Floyd's death and how it has sparked one of the greatest movements in American history, Black Lives Matter. But what we don't know is the history and years of conflict and tension between the blacks and the whites. The most powerful form of protest one can do is being educated and being aware of the history and events that has led to these circumstances. So today, I'll be deep diving into the history to better understand the situation we are in today. To satisfy the labor needs of the rapidly growing North American colonies, white European settlers turned in the early 17th century from indentured servants to a cheaper, more plentiful labor source, enslaved Africans. After 1619, when a Dutch ship brought 20 Africans ashore at the British colony of Jamestown, Virginia, slavery spread quickly through the American colonies. Though it is impossible to give accurate figures, some historians have estimated that 6 to 7 million enslaved people were imported to the New World during the 18th century alone. After the American Revolution, wherein the American patriots in the 13th colonies defeated the British in the American Revolutionary War with the assistance of France, many colonists began to link the oppression of enslaved Africans to their own oppression by the British. Though leaders such as George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, both slaveholders from Virginia, took cautious steps towards limiting slavery in the newly independent nation, the constitution tacitly acknowledged the institution, guaranteeing the right to repossess any, quote, person held to service or labor, unquote, or better known as slaves. Many northern states had abolished slavery by the end of 18th century, but the institution was absolutely vital to the South, where black people constituted a large minority of the population and the economy relied on the production of crops like tobacco and cotton. Congress outlawed the import of new enslaved people in 1808, but the enslaved population in the U.S. nearly tripled over the next 50 years, and by 1860, it had reached nearly 4 million, with more than half living in the cotton-producing states of the South. In August 1831, Nat Turner struck fear into the hearts of white Southerners by leading the only effective slave rebellion in U.S. history. He and a small band of followers killed his owners, the Travis family, and set off towards the town of Jerusalem, where they planned to capture an armory and gather more recruits. The group, which eventually numbered around 75 black people, killed some 60 white people in two days before armed resistance from local white group uh, people and this rival of straight militia forces overwhelmed them just outside Jerusalem. The early abolition movement in North America was fueled both by the slaves' effort to liberate themselves and by groups of white settlers such as the Quakers who opposed slavery on religious or moral grounds. Though the lofty ideals of the revolutionary era invigorated the movement, by the late 1780s it was in decline. As the growing southern cotton industry made slavery an ever more vital part of the national economy. In the early 19th century, however, a new brand of radical abolitionism emerged in the north, 
partly in reaction to Congress's passage of the Fugitive Slave Act of 1793, which guaranteed a right for a slaveholder to recover an escaped slave and the tightening of courts in most southern states. In the spring of 1861, the bitter sectional conflicts that have been intensifying between the North and the South over the course of four decades erupted into civil war, with 11 southern states seceding from the Union and forming the Confederate States of America. Though President Abraham Lincoln's anti-slavery views were well established and his election as the nation's first Republican president had been the catalyst that pushed the first southern state to secede in late 1860, the civil war at its outset was not a war to abolish slavery. But by the summer of 1862, Lincoln had come to believe he could not avoid the slavery question much longer. Five days after the bloody Union victory at Antietam in September, he issued a preliminary emancipation proclamation. On January 1, 1863, he made it official that enslaved people within any state or designated part of a state in rebellion, quote, shall be then, thenceforward and forever free, unquote. Though the Union victory in the Civil War gave some 4 million enslaved people their freedom, significant change challenges awaited during the Reconstruction period. The 13th Amendment, adopted late in 1865, officially ab abolished slavery. But the question of freed black people's status in the post-war South remained. Fast forward to World War II, many African Americans were ready to fight for what President Franklin D. Roosevelt called the four freedoms freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom from want, and freedom for fear, even while they themselves lacked those freedoms at home. More than 3 million black Americans would register for service during the war, with some 500,000 seeing action overseas. According to War Department policy, enlisted black and white people were organized into separate units. Frustrated black servicemen were forced to combat racism even as they sought to further U.S. war aims. This became known as the double V strategy for the two victories that they sought to win. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 marked another victory for the blacks, which ended segregation in public places and banned employment discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex or national origin, and is considered one of the growing, crowning legislative achievements of the civil rights movement. As we analyze the situation now, even though it's been centuries since blacks achieved their freedom, racism and discrimination against the blacks has carried on in the modern era. They face difficulties in every avenue, be it housing, education, healthcare, the policing, criminal justice system, etc. Consciously or unconsciously, many people associate African Americans with crime, and that bias can affect behavior in surprising ways. The protests that have engulfed American cities in the past week are rooted in decades of frustrations. Racist policing, uh, legal and extra-legal discrimination, exclusion from the major avenues of wealth creation and vicious stereotyping have long histories and endure today. 
Sadly, George Floyd's death is another chapter in a long American history of urban unrest triggered by the treatment of black people by police forces. Breonna Taylor, Justin Howell, Sean Monteresso are among some of the people who have died due to police brutality. Black progress over the past half century has been impressive, conventional wisdom to the contrary notwithstanding. And yet, the nation has many miles to go on the road to true racial equality. If both blacks and whites understand and celebrate the gains of the past, however, we will move forward with the optimism, insight and energy that further progress surely demands. And that was it for this episode of the podcast. I would love to hear what you have to say on the topic. Head over on to theconnecture.com slash podcast and visit the episode page to leave your thoughts and suggestions. Thank you for listening.